100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlights, Tony Richards. Welcome to Sumner County Spotlight this morning. I'm your host, Tony Richards, brought to you by FM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville, also at myfmbank.com. And we're excited this morning to have as our first guest uh, Kit Sinyard. She's the director of the Sumner County Anti Drug Coalition. So good morning, Kit. Good morning, Tony. How are you? I'm good. How Great. are you? I'm doing fabulous. Well, good. Thanks for, uh, for coming in this morning and talking with us. Sure. So, uh, how long have you been with them? Let's we'll kind of start there. About six and a half years. Okay. And is this something that you do, or is this something that just came along and you thought, I can do that? It's actually something that sort of fell in my lap. I was doing some nonprofit work in Gallatin with CASA and had a friend who was the director at the coalition and uh, needed to hire a project coordinator, so she called me, and I was happy to interview because I would be driving four miles to work rather than 20 miles into Nashville. Oh, yeah. And just just um, came from there. Thank you, Music <laughs> Row. That was only like 45 minutes. Uh. So um, it has become quite a passion because when I first started the job, <clears throat> it was about underage drinking and un- underage smoking, mm-hmm. um, prevention work, and since then... Um, the substance abuse issues have become uh, really more prevalent. Uh, more prevalent, thank you, yeah. uh, in Sumner County and in the United States. So Sadly. It's become a very, very busy job. So it's a lot more than just smoking and drinking now. Exactly. It's a lot about opioid overdose, heroin overdose. Did this happen just in the time that you've been there, or is this a relatively recent phenomenon? I mean, everybody hears about the opioid crisis, obviously, but... I, it seems like it's become much more prevalent since I've been there. We weren't, it wasn't on the radar as much when I started, but shortly thereafter, um, we started hearing more and more about it. Right. And more and more in this area, Kentucky, Ohio, Tennessee, Alabama. Do so these tend to be kind of regional things that then work their way locally? Is that kind of how they end I up? I think so. I think so. And I think a lot of it in Sumner County has to do with we are we have three major highways coming through here, one of them being the Chicago I-65 down um, down to the coast is, mm-hmm. I think, sometimes referred to as the heroin highway. Really, um, and Detroit through Indy is not exactly a treat either. Right, right. And then we have 24 um, and I-40. So we're hit three different ways with um, you know, possible drug trafficking, trafficking highways. Okay, so you started doing projects and the, for, the, for the coalition, and now you're the director. What, what does that entail every day? Uh, Other than education, it's which education, is is, prevention, education, and awareness. Mm-hmm. Trying to make the community aware of what is going on right here, <clears throat> because it, we seem like a really safe community. Is it that they just don't see it? Is it what? What is it that makes this a bit of a mystery? Anyway, it's not going to happen in my house. We hear that a lot. That wouldn't happen here. And then they find out. Oh, well, and. And the one story that we hear over and over and over again is my son had a football injury and the doctor put him on oxycodone. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the child gets hooked on it, for lack of a better word. That must be insane. It is. Um, Then they buy the pills on the street. They get expensive and turn to heroin. That's a really short story um, of the problem, but we hear it. Like I said, over and over so and over So one again. leads to the other exactly. leads to the other. And and what about this whole notion of, um, and we can go into a, a thousand different categories, I'm sure. So I'm not really sure where to head or where this will lead us. But, you know, obviously the thing you probably get other than the opioid crisis questions about is the whole uh, pot smoking thing and the states making it legal. And, you know, a lot of people say it's a gateway drug. Most people say it's not. I mean... You know, you know the truth, I would assume. I, (laughs) 
or I'm not even approaching tree? that yet. Yes. <laughs> sort of waiting on that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'll just wait. <laughs> just wait on an answer for that to see right. how the state goes. Obviously, we are you know anti any. Well, of course, yeah. kind of marijuana drug um, or drugs. So, yeah. yeah, we'll leave it at that. Okay, but, thank you. So, are do, I wonder if people know that you're here to help. I mean, that's kind of the the big thing is there. Well, there are places to get help. There are and information there. We have a lot of information. The other thing that I think we do really well is connecting people with other organizations or other people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have a big network. Um, one of the organizations that we work very closely with is Recovery Court. Um, that's a fabulous organization in Sumner County, you know, for the county um, that helps treat these people who coming out of jail rather than going into um, a recovery home Mm -hmm. they can stay and work and live in a recovery house Um, they go to a program every day and And you know learn about their addiction get their life back together yeah and you know it's the it's the stigma it's it's my kids it's your parents it's your next door neighbor it's it's affecting all of us right now so what uh, since you've been doing this gig has surprised you Nothing? <laughs> I mean, do you see just... Honestly, um, the the two things that surprise me are, what I said previously, is it's not going to happen in my, in my house. And the people that we see having the issues are 20 to 30-year-olds, somebody that you would never think about, who keep it hidden. And I'm assuming um, it's across all socioeconomic it's lines, absolutely. Right? And people think, oh, that's for people that are down on their luck, right. or they don't have any money, or they don't have a job, yeah. or, you know, you'd be surprised. And we're losing some really, really good young people to overdoses. Mm-hmm. So. so what kind of statistics can you give us on, on Sumner County? And, and can you, just off the top of your head, right. you know, we don't have to get into I'm the I'm not a real statistic much, but, person. I can tell you but, that um, I believe last year 1,776 people died in the state of Tennessee. I think it's last year. Mm-hmm. 2017, sorry, the statistics run about a year late. And there were probably 25 overdoses in Sumner County. That's the number the state has. What we've been told is unless there is a true um, uh, investigation, you don't really know. You don't really know. So there could be other related deaths. 25 may be low. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there a way to tell if it's changing or is it, is it, is it sort of this trailing thing? Like you said, the data kind of comes in later. But are, since all of the publicity with opioids, for example, has it uh, had an effect? I don't know if we're still at the top of the wave, hopefully starting to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, a new law was passed where a doctor can't prescribe 30 days worth of opioids. It's, I believe it's three days now. Um, we do a drug take back twice a year, and for a while we were getting 500 to 600 pounds. And Man. In, yeah, and then this last time in April, it was about half that, and so I think that's uh, hopefully is, a sign. Exactly. So that's one sign I can tell you. We also do a school survey, and those numbers went down. I can't really yeah give you what? those numbers, but they have gone down. So you collect five, six hundred pounds of this stuff. What the heck do you do with it? Does the government take it for you? The, we give it to the sheriff's office. So the sheriff's can... office actually does the drug take backs. They okay. collect it in barrels, and the DEA. The drug task force, excuse me, yeah. picks them up and they take them to Alabama and incinerate them. Okay, okay. So you have all these relationships, I'm assuming. I mean, probably all these departments. Oh, I know Kit, you know. <laughs> I mean, you probably have to have your fingers in a lot of that, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's a good job. It's good meeting people, like I said, putting people together. Um, knowing someone that's a state senator that you can call if you yeah. have a question, which I've done. Um, or people that yeah. can get things done you know exactly hey, you know we need this particular issue so how much of your time is spent uh, getting the word out versus coordinating with agencies versus um you know hand-to-hand combat where you're out there really helping people and probably a lot of getting our name out there we do a lot of health fairs um like i said we do the drug take back 
our big event is the rodeo every year, mm-hmm. um, and that's trying to attract people, giving out information. We talk on the radio. We have billboards. Well, and we've we, seen you at lots of different things, yeah, lots of yeah. events and gala Health fairs, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's really important um, to get our name out there. So um, we're coming up on our first break, uh, and we'll come back and talk in a little bit. But maybe uh, we could talk about some of the different services that you do provide if people call and they've got questions. Kind sure. of uh, because some people, I'm sure, call and have no idea who to call. Right. <laughs> but they're calling you, and you, and you know, obviously, you can help them navigate. Yes. So uh, we're talking with uh, Kit Sinyard, the director of the Sumner County Anti-Drug Coalition, as our guest this morning on Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you by F&M Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard. And we'll be back with more of this morning's program right after these messages. Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you exclusively by F&M Bank, will return after these messages. F&M Bank, serving Middle Tennessee since 1906. Visit them at myfmbank.com. And now back to Sumner County Spotlights, brought to you each Sunday morning exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, Hendersonville. For all your banking needs, all in one place, member FDIC. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight and your host, Tony Richards, along with our guest this morning, the director of the Sumner County Anti-Drug Coalition, Kit Sinyard. And Kit, um, so some of the things, obviously, the most important thing is to let everybody know you're here, that you're a resource. And so do you have anything coming up uh, between now and the end of we the year? We do. Maybe? Uh, next weekend is Main Street Festival in Gallatin. It's If you haven't been, you've got to go. Um, they say twenty about twenty to twenty five thousand people come. There are, gosh, I'm trying to remember how many vendors. Donna will kill me. I'm going to say 130. Mm-hmm. Um, we set up a booth uh, to give out information on everything that we do. This year we made these fine T-shirts that say "Continue," um, and they are about um, suicide prevention. The state of Tennessee, with one of the grants that they. Um, give us asked us to integrate some suicide prevention into our substance abuse mm-hmm. so we are going well, to hand the two out are sort of interlocked that's exactly. for sure exactly so we're going to hand out t-shirts and maybe do a small survey hopefully maybe with kids to see um if bullying is a big problem at their school mm-hmm. um, and then maybe we can hand those survey the survey information back to the schools so they can you know it's just weird how all of this stuff sort of cycles through you know you've got the the whole uh marijuana thing which leads into the heroin thing and then now you've got the opioid thing and and it am i crazy or is suicide going up because i know more people i just had a friend of mine do that two weeks ago out of the blue just i don't get it um we never I, know what yeah. other people are going through and i'm not certain i don't have Again, I'm not a statistics person. I can find that out and get back to you. And I wonder if it's just because we are more aware of it. Um, the mm-hmm. suicide prevention uh, network in Tennessee is very good, and maybe they're just. Well, trying you know, to get I do wonder if social media makes Probably. everything a little more upfront. That you know, suicide was you know you just never talked about. It. Nobody ever did. Who would want to? It's mm-hmm. a horrible, horrible thing. But uh, you know, it's interesting that that you have these these shirts that you're going to be uh, sharing with people, and you know, it's all interconnected. It seems. Mm-hmm. It is. It certainly is. And like you said, with you know, with social media, um, which is much better than the tin cans and the cords that we had when we were kids. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so what? Who should call the Anti-Drug Coalition? I mean, what what are the types of uh, situations where you could help people? I mean, literally any kind of issue that you have, I invite you to call, and we could probably connect you with somebody. Mental health issues, um, again, suicide, any kind of substance abuse. Um, We have schools call and want us to come and talk. Um, The Rotary Club or the Kiwanis, anybody who wants a speaker, you know, we'll go out. Um, and talk mm-hmm. about what we do. Um, Are people under the impression that you actually do the work, maybe? and, and you, well, Your job is to get people with the right people. I'm right, assuming. right. Yes, we don't, we don't actually do a lot of those things um, other than the substance abuse, like I talked about. But um, we have a really good network of partners who do other things. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you just need one number to call, we're happy to help. 
Anytime. And, um, well, let's give that number out real quick while we're thinking of it. So if you It's want. 615-461-8243 is our office number. Okay. So how do you, how do you get your funding? We are funded by currently three grants. We have one federal grant, um, the DFC grant, and then we have two state grants. Uh, one is um, to prevent underage smoking and drinking, and the other one is specifically for um, opioid abuse. Most of our grants, well, two of the grants are for 13 to 17-year-olds, focusing on them, mm-hmm. but the um, opioid overdose grant is for all ages because because it's such a national literally can affect from a child who may pick up something that their parents have to an an elderly person who accidentally took their medication twice i see so it's interesting and that probably your grants ebb and flow based on the need or the government saying hey this is a national issue or Mm -hmm. the state and local governments that say hey this is something we right right and then so how do that checks and balances work do you do they check on you to make sure you're administering to the right uh, groups so that then you can get those grants again or is everything sort of a restart every year because grant writing is no fun i know enough about it to know no one should ever have to do that. <laughs> you have to really be good at that. It's a lot of reporting that we do um, for the state. We report quarterly on both grants mm-hmm. um, and tell them the specific things that we do in Sumner County. Um, I see. We have implementation plans that tell us what they want us to do, and we have to do those things. If we maybe aren't able to do one thing a quarter we better do it next quarter because that's what they're giving us money to do right on the federal grants we have to report on it um twice a year um and and unfortunately they don't just give a give them back we do have to rewrite we just uh rewrote the grant for the federal grant a couple months ago okay um and i think megan who works with me and i were literally (laughs) sitting in our chair for 12 hours a day for a couple weeks just yeah, yeah, just doing the paperwork. Yeah. Um, so, do does every county in Tennessee have a, a drug coalition, or is this? How do you? I mean, I'm assuming you have relationships no, with. other we do. We area. have an organization called PAT, the Prevention Alliance of Tennessee, that we are all a part of. Um, there's not a coalition in every county, and again, my number my numbers aren't good. I want to say sixty. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be more. Uh, but we all work together. We get together. Um, the region gets together once a quarter. Annually, we all get together and sort of brainstorm and come out with some great ideas of you know other ways to attack these problems. Do you get dictated to by what these activities and things you have to do are, or is it kind of a two-way street? So you guys get together. You come up with, hey, these are some things we can all do. And then uh, tell the people that are issuing the grants, or how, how does... We come up with a plan, and we submit it to the state, and they approve it or add to it. I see. Um, but then also, as I said previously, with the rodeo, which we've had now for 11 years, we've um, been able to uh, have another fund where we can... Like you're talking about marijuana, which is not in any of our but plans. But it's a little more uh, flexible. On it's what you very can do. flexible. That's we can good. unencumbered funds. We can do whatever we want. So you know, literally, you know, we could do a campaign on marijuana. We just can't use those grants. Do you ever get um, donations and pledges from people who this is very important to them, and maybe they lost a loved one? And hey, you know, we want this money to go to you guys to get the word out. And to, we do. We do sometimes. So you can accept those things. We can accept them. Um, uh, sadly, we've got recently we've gotten a few um, checks from people who have lost uh, family members to overdoses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in lieu of flowers. Um, right. You know, it's nice right. to get it. It's just sad to. That you have to. Yeah. Yeah. But then we we put it to good use. Okay. So this can be a very challenging gig to stay positive and optimistic. And I mean, how how do all of you at the office do that when you're dealing with probably the toughest thing? I think um, knowing that maybe we can make a difference, um, hopefully in Sumner County, and um, knowing that people can change and if we can help guide them in some small way or 
Um, as the sign says on my wall at work, disrupt the behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully, I mean, that's, I guess that's how I stay positive. Do you ever, <clears throat> you probably, you know, get all the calls when there's challenges or questions or worries or I'm calling for a friend, um, you know, those things. But do you ever get the um, the reward of hearing that something did happen it was positive and you connected somebody with somebody and now their life is completely turned around i mean those those got to be what you live for i would think i don't know if it's necessarily that i connected in fact it's probably not but uh as i said we work very closely with recovery court who has graduation uh twice a year and to go to one of those graduations and see these young people or some of them are not young Mm -hmm. um, who have gone through this program and are now clean and sober and have their family back and have a job and got their have a car it's um it's it's very rewarding to see that yeah um and and i'll take a little bit of credit for that sure you should how many folks in the office by the way there's two and a half of us um that are that are as you say working this gig in a uh, county of 188,000. so it is challenging yeah we have lots of miles on our cars yeah. So, what happens when somebody calls that's not from this area? Do you? I mean, I'm assuming you still direct them, and you can. I, do, I can. Yeah. Um, and we've even worked with some counties to start coalitions. Um, specifically, Cannon County, we worked with in the last month or so. Um, they're trying to get a coalition started. So, the state was gracious enough to give us some money to help them. Oh, okay. Kind good. of guide them, get right. started. Right. Because they um, may not know have it a clue how to start all this. Right. So if somebody would call, yeah, it's easy to find help. Well, I think we we're, we're going to go to another break, but I think since we're we're flying past it a little bit, we'll just go ahead and go for another few minutes here and and wrap it up. But I I just uh wanted to make sure that everybody understood kind of what you do and and uh, how they can get a hold of you. And I'm assuming website as well. You don't want to uh, just call the main number which again if I'm if it's on this card, this is the one. Six one five four six one eight two four three for the Sumner County Anti Drug Coalition. And email is Sumner County Anti Drug at gmail dot com. And then I'm assuming there's websites with connections from all Sumner the city. Coalition dot org. And yeah. city county sites all have links to you guys as well. Right. Right. Um, what other kind of questions are people calling about? I mean when they call, what are they I mean, is it one particular thing or is it i suspect that my neighbor or my friend or my we get calls uh because we advertise for uh drug take back boxes we give them away for free so if you might have some medication that you don't want your children or your grandchildren or not to dig on plumbers but the plumber coming in to get right, your right. medication you can come to the office and get a free lockbox. we have a lot of people calling and asking about that because we advertise pretty frequently about it well that's great and it's a nice free service that it you is. offer yeah and uh it's again to keep everybody healthy and safe um let alone maybe you've got somebody suffering from alzheimer's like you said you a lot of these things sometimes are accidental mm-hmm. i took sure. medicine i thought yeah. i didn't take it you right. did again and now so how often do you end up working with i mean i would suppose oddly you might even get you know hey uh suspicious activities and all kinds of weird calls i've only had dis- one how of those how do you those. discern how do you discern what to do <laughs> we, when we only call? had one of those and i think it's probably still on the recorder because it was so odd we didn't we weren't mm-hmm. quite sure what to that's do that's police that's <laughs> what we did yeah. we just forwarded it to aaron pickard at the sheriff's office here's <laughs> one for you um, so do you yeah. work with all the law enforcement agencies we do. and fire as well because they've got paramedics we do. and all that? AMS. Yeah. We work with all seven um, police departments and the sheriff's office. Um, another thing that we do with them are compliance checks where they send in an underage, um, undercover Mm-hmm. To buy beer, we'll say, or cigarettes, right. but they use their own ID. They're not trying to trick the store. Right. right. Um, it's just just a check. It's, exactly. It's and, not um, here to punish everybody. No. We just want to make sure everybody's doing the right they're thing. They're very good in Sumner County about checking. We have very few that 
fail, which is a good thing. Well, I think one last thing that we can kind of touch on, and it's a, it's a little early in this, but, you know, who knows, is this whole vaping thing. Um, oh. Are you getting any, you know, info on that or direction or questions? I mean, what what's the Constantly. scoop? Constantly. We were, I think we were um, in front of that, the jeweling issue, before it got to the point that it is now and try and work within the schools with the health department they have a fabulous program that they will go in and um, show to teachers or parents or students is it just because um, they don't know what they don't know yet they still just... think they're the kids still think they're vaping air mm-hmm. yeah. flavored water um, and as we all know now it's very dangerous and um, mm-hmm. yeah we are happy to help anybody with that point them to you know the right direction on getting someone in the school or or your church or your community whatever it's uh it's a huge issue right now in the schools yeah yeah it's sort of the thing but uh you know it's not like you can uh, put different drugs on a different scale they're all an issue because they all affect people Mm -hmm. um so kit we want to thank you very much for taking the time to spend with us this morning kit senior the director of the sumner county anti-drug coalition and obviously anytime that you need to get the word out about anything make sure you stop by the radio station we'd love to have you back on again thanks tony all right thanks for joining us we're going to be back with our next guest right after this in sumner county spotlight brought to you by fnm bank at myfmbank.com and 221 indian lake boulevard in hendersonville sumner county spotlight brought to you exclusively by fnm bank We'll return after these messages. FNM Bank, serving Middle Tennessee since 1906. Visit them at myfmbank.com. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Tony Richards, brought to you by FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in uh, Hendersonville, also at myfmbank.com. And today, for our second guest, we're very happy to have, uh, and I don't know the official title here, but Judge David Howard of Sumner County uh, Juvenile Court. Is that... That's pretty pretty close. I left out the honorable part. That's all right. I probably need to do that. But, um, Judge, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, you, where you're from, and, and, uh, you know, it's a little different going from law school to being a judge. I know that. And what was that propelled you into that or or wanted you to make you go into that? Uh, I'm I'm originally from East Tennessee. My my parents and I, we moved down here. Uh, my father was TVA, and we moved down uh, for the Hartsville nuclear plant. My father was the uh, ironworker superintendent, and we moved to Gallatin. And I've grown up pretty much in Gallatin and, and in this area in Sumner County. Uh, went to uh, high school in Gallatin, graduated. I went to college at MTSU, went to law school at Nashville School of Law. While I was in law school, I worked for actually my predecessor, uh, Judge Brown, as a probation officer. So. I went from college to the public defender's office briefly, and then I got a job working as a probation officer and worked while I was in school. And so for me, when I became an attorney, it was just sort of a natural progression. So I I represented folks and uh, kids in juvenile court, and I did a lot of criminal uh, court work and did a lot of divorces and adoptions and stuff. So I had a basis and a grounding in juvenile court. So uh, Judge Brown had asked me, uh, to uh, be magistrate, and so I was I was his magistrate here in Sumner County for about 15 years, and then when he uh, decided to retire, I, I told him that I was uh, I wanted to run, and so I ran for when he had a, uh, retired in the middle of his term, and I ran for the unexpired portion of of his term. So I'm serving four years, and then I'll run again. So, I mean, if you can do divorces, you can do anything. <laughs> it seems to me. You, you like to mix it up, don't you? Well, and, and the thing is, is that I, I have, even though the, everybody thinks of this as juvenile court, and I tend to identify myself as juvenile court judge about 99% of the time, uh, I am, my actual title is General Sessions Division Two. And I have domestic relations jurisdiction. I was so, just going to so say, I you, do can't, you can't extricate a, a, a child from the family. Right. The family is a part of all right. of this, yeah. right? So I do, uh, I have juvenile court, I'm a general sessions judge, 
with juvenile court jurisdiction, uh, and I also, once a month, I do divorces as well. Okay. So when uh, you graduated from law school, I mean, did you sort of know this was going to be your path, or you just like, eh, you know, you, uh, or is it being around Judge Brown and learning sort of how this all works? It, it, it was that. Uh, I, uh, I was blessed to be able to work for him and saw what he did and, and what compassion that he had for folks. And I was very flattered when he asked me to become magistrate. And then it was after that became much more of a, uh, of an extension of saying that, well, I can, I can do this. I mean, I had never set out to become juvenile court judge, but it was something that you begin to think about um, because of having judge Brown as a mentor, it was, it, to me, it became a, a, uh, an obvious conclusion that that's what I wanted to do and follow him, and, I, and I've been very blessed to have done that. So, how long did you practice law before you decided to run for office? Uh, I was I practiced law for thirteen years, and I was in with uh, my actual law partner, who is now uh, Judge Mike Carter. Mike and I were together from the my very first day of practicing law to my very last day of practicing law, and then. Uh, Mike uh, was appointed as General Sessions Division Three Judge, and uh, he is currently on the bench. And then I have, uh, of course, uh, was went from becoming magistrate to being elected as judge. So, uh, and it's what the funny thing is, is that everybody that was in my office at one point in time is now They're not all- in private practice. Our, our circuit <laughs> clerk, Catherine Strong, uh, well, was at least practicing. you're still sort of in the field. <laughs> That's you know, right. A lot of them are just like veterinarians <laughs> now. <laughs> it's like, no, I want no part of this. Uh, and that happens. You know, how do you really know until you get in there? That's true. You know? That's true. Um, so uh, what was the running for office like? I, I'm always, always interested in hearing this because, you know, it's a different animal. And was it what you thought it would be or worse or better? You know, I had never, I had never really thought about I mean, I'd helped Judge Brown on election campaigns and had been to all the places that he had. But when you're really doing it and it's on you, uh, it's a whole new animal. Yeah, I mean, it is your reputation. It's your life. It's it's not like you can escape from being Judge Howard. That's true. Uh, you know, That's you true. are who you are, and now you have this brand, right? And, yeah. And, and, the, and you, you, you know, in a, in a weird way in politics, you have to embrace this. <coughs> and in another way, you're probably, God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to brag about myself, but that's what it is. And it is hard. I, I'm not one who who likes just to, to talk about myself. Uh, you know, and it's and it's a hard thing when you're when you're having to go up to somebody that you don't know at all, and you're and you're selling it, and you're trying to, and you ask them. I would appreciate you know, I, and I appreciate right. your vote. I mean, right. we did a lot of door knocking, which was well outside of what my comfort zone is. Right. right. Um, and I was lucky to have a have folks that helped me in my election campaign, and and were, were great about. Kind of hold your hand through some of this stuff. Sure, there was a lot of encouragement, uh, particularly on the front end, because uh, you know, amongst friends and everything, it's one thing to be to be very outgoing, but uh, but it's it's something that I uh, that doesn't necessarily come natural to me. And so, how long have you been doing this? Of your these eight year terms, it's eight year term. Uh, I run for reelection in twenty twenty two. Okay, yeah, and I plan on I plan on running again. Um, so then you're elected. First day you walk in, I mean, the just that influence had to really be helpful. Otherwise, you could walk in. I'm like, what do I do now? <laughs> like, you know, other yeah. than here's a thousand cases. You know, yeah. The good thing was is that I I knew already knew what to do case wise. The 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 new thing for me was just the the notion of office management because we have uh, sixteen employees. I have sir, I have sixteen employees, um, and suddenly now. You're the guy, mm-hmm. uh, and it's so now not, you're you're leading people. Sure, and it's not just I'm in the court making decisions. It's that when I get out of court, I've got things to sign, and we've got payroll stuff, and I've got to meet with my court administrator about to write. <laughs> how to do things, and I've got opinions to write, and so yeah, it's a. Uh, but it's been great because everybody's been everybody's been really great, and it's we have a great team here that we already had in place, and I was blessed to be able to put uh, bring in two new people uh, for probation officers and. So uh, we've got a we've got an excellent team here. You very proud of. Them. Well, there's there's all you know sorts of areas we can go into here in our first segment, and you know we'll we'll have another segment too. But I'm I'm just you know the obvious questions you probably get the most. You know, might as well get those out of the way sure. first. 
what's different now versus the way maybe things used to be even 10, 12 years ago when you kind of got into this? Oh, gosh. Uh, one thing that we're seeing more and more of is, uh, and, and, and I, I suspect that everybody's well aware of it, we're seeing more violent juvenile offenders. I mean, Hendersonville has been plagued. Gallatin has been plagued. We're, we're seeing it in other beginning in other sections of the county where mm-hmm. you have kids that are committing crimes that adults have traditionally uh, done and you're seeing it more and more and you're seeing younger kids and how many how many of those even know what they're doing versus the one that you're you're absolutely sure know what they're doing there's got to be some that are just following along or they don't know or they think it's cool or whatever a lot of pressures on kids sure even more now with all the social media stuff yeah the sad thing is when you're looking at some you're looking out at some 13 year old kid and you're thinking you're here on an aggravated let's say an aggravated robbery and you're thinking if you're an adult you're going to go to prison for a long time and as a kid you're thinking you have done nothing but just jam up your entire future I mean, over something, over something stupid, stupid decisions, uh, yeah, bad decisions, and hanging with the wrong folks, and and it just feeds into one another. And then, and when you're looking, you're thinking, we've got stolen guns involved, or we're breaking into people's houses and stealing things. You know how dangerous that is. No, no. Some, some I, mean, I don't think I have a clue. I just can't imagine is. somebody having the wherewithal in the middle of the night to do that and think, not just for the the people that you're burglarizing but your own health sure i mean you want to get shot and that's uh, that's a great fear of mine is that we're going to wind up and you're going to have some kid that's about 15 years old who's going to get shot to death in somebody's house uh because he and his friends decided to break in it and the homeowner in defending defending their home and defending themselves and defending their family which in i mean tennessee is a is a, a state where you you can use lethal force to defend your your house, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm afraid that some kids going to get wind up getting killed and because um, they're not thinking right. How many of those? And we get it coming up against our first break here, but uh, so of these kids, and you can't make generalities and have an opinion. I know, but you know how many are intentionally influenced by adults versus just. There's no one home. There's nobody to even, they have no barometer or guide at all. And can you see that pretty easily? Up, so, you know, some, bench, yeah, some yeah. I mean, you have the ones who are uh, who are thinking that this is because of either their friends or, or, they are, or, or they're wanting to get involved in gang activity or something like that who do it. And then there are some where you're looking and you're like, you have no one to care for you and it's and that's and that's not just even the violent that's not even the violent crime stuff sometimes you have these kids in the little stuff sure that you look at some of these kids sometimes and you go no one has ever told you that you're worthwhile no one has ever told you that you're important that you're special that you're better than than this and you could be so much more oh sure and it's in i saw a kid one time i mean it was just and i asked him i said who are you and he told me i said you know, he tells me his name. He's like, you know, my name is my name is Adam. I'm like, Are, is that you? Or is that you? And I said, well, if you're going to be, he's like, yeah. He says, I said, well, if you're going to be Adam, then be him. Don't be somebody else. Be be who you are because you have worth. You are important. Um, he may be the only guy telling him that. Sometimes I fear that that's Quite true. Quite honestly. So, all right, we're having a very interesting conversation this morning with juvenile uh, judge in Sumner County, uh, uh, David uh, Howard, and uh, uh, we appreciate you taking the time with us. You're very welcome. We're going to be back uh, with more on Sumner County Spotlight and the judge right after these messages. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, Hendersonville. We'll return in a moment. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock right here on WHIN. Brought to you by FNM Bank at myfmbank.com. And we are talking with a juvenile court judge in uh, Sumner County, David Howard and David... Uh, so you you've, you're seeing all kinds of kids with all kinds of challenges. Um, 
This is kind of a, a weird or tough question to ask, I think, because it kind of gets to the heart of it. Do they, do they listen to you? I mean, do they know you're trying to help them? I mean, I, a judge gets pigeonholed sometimes. I'm just making a decision. I'm either a hard-nosed dude, you're out of here, or I'm actually trying to help you. I think some do. I mean, it, you know, it's like everything else. It's so individualized. I mean, you have kids sometimes who I think – they got it. There are kids who walk in my courtroom. Who, and you know you'll never see sure, them again. they'll walk out of here and they'll never see it again. Lesson learned. Yeah. That scared the crap out of me. I'm never doing that or again. The, or they just realize, look, I messed up and let's put it behind us. And then there are kids who I'll see umpteen times because they come back and they come back. And then you got the kids who you think, I don't, don't even remember what that case is, but I had a kid come up to me on the street one time and he... Obviously, I mean, he knew me. I, I admittedly did right. not recognize him. And, and right. he said, hey, Judge, I want to let you know I'm doing really well. I'm like, that's great. And he said, uh, you let me go with my grandmother. Oh. And everything has been much better since then. And did um, you know that ahead of time? No. Did you get a chance to meet the family a little bit and kind of get I mean, the background? I didn't, I didn't remember. I mean, I'm sure that when we're preparing for the case. How about that? Yeah. That made the whole. Just, uh, it was like, that right there made. Everything else, that, that makes you got eight years worth it, doesn't it? You got one kid at least, yeah. Who, who and you know what? That's not a small thing if right. you got one. How many do you would you see in a typical week or well, a month? How well, does that work? Uh, it depends. I can tell you that this year, because we just pulled stats not too long ago for something, uh, I have heard uh, of the different kinds of jurisdictions I have in the cases that I have. We have heard from January 1st to September 25th of this year. We've heard 1,146 cases. That's literally three times what I thought you were going to say. Well, in last year, uh, last year we had uh, 1,626 cases. The whole year. Hmm. So, uh, I mean, it just... So how many people are doing what you're doing in Summer County? Here in Summer County, uh, it's... it's, uh, Here in the juvenile court, it's me. And then I have a magistrate. uh, Her name is Erin Begley. And I appointed Aaron when I took office. And Aaron hears custody cases. She does the child support docket. Um, and she'll do hearings where I'm not available uh, because I'm either involved in something else or if I'm on vacation. Um, but she she has her own cases as well. And her docket tends to stay pretty full, too. So this is sort of different. And there's different, obviously, types of law and corporate law and personal and all these different things, divorce. And so, you know, some of the stuff I know, uh, lawsuits and things like that, it's all in the documentation and you get in the weeds and you spend days and days and days in the weeds and your eyes cross. And then then there's the things you do, which is more of a, uh, I don't want to say it's touchy-feely, but it matters. I mean, we're talking about kids' lives here. At the very time they're forming them, they don't even know what they're doing. They're they're growing. They're tripping over their own feet. My kid <laughs> broke his, you know, whatever because he just like, they get clumsy and they get stupid. Uh, I'm assuming you did something stupid when you were 14 well, or 15. Sure. I mean, you know, I was 15, um, and you know, my parents split up when I was uh, 15 years old, and I mean, I know what it's like uh, to be an angry 15 year old, and, yeah. and 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 I've been able to parlay that. I think, and and when you got a kid who's out there who's struggling, maybe because their parents are are going through a divorce or they are divorced and, and not communicating very well. And the, and the kid, I mean, they don't know how to always say what's on their mind, even though sometimes just saying it right. is, is, is the thing. Gotcha. But I mean, it's a, it's an easy thing for me to look out at a kid and go, look, you know, I know what anger is. I know what it means to be, what it means to be mad. Yeah. And to feel that, that it's just you because everything else around you that was your world has collapsed. Um, and, and those are the kids sometimes you they see just that. just don't know how to articulate sure, it. Sure. And some kids get physically ill. Sure. Uh, they can't, they're, they're, they don't know how to, uh, uh, to voice it. Um, so, you know, here you are, you know, taking them to the doctor every three minutes, and it's not physical at all. They need somebody to talk to sure. that's not their mom, yeah. not their dad, not their bestest buddy. Somebody, it's amazing how just maybe it's a 10-minute visit with you in well, court, sadly sure. in court, but at least you're, they got to know you're paying attention to them. They yes. have your undivided attention for whether whether it's a 10-minute uh, court appearance or an hour long. How did, yeah, I'm sure that there's kids, you know, who come in front of me who 
probably despise everything well, yeah. that, that I ever have said or done. But you've got those kids. They do now. Wait till they grow up. And, and you see sometimes when that light comes on and you see them and they go, oh, yeah, I am better than this. And, oh, yeah, I've got to change the way things are going. And you see remarkable transformations. And, and you see kids that never come back or sometimes, I mean, I've had kids come back and they're like, I just wanted to come back and say thank you. Or I wanted to. Uh, can I shake your hand or, you know, I'm yeah, like, that's sure. pretty, that's pretty I mean, cool. you know, I guess most kids would be just terrified to even come up to you. You know, I mean, he's a judge, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I'm a guy, I'm, I'm a, I, I'm a, I, you know, I have a wife, I have a four year old son and, you know, I, you know, I may have been blessed, uh, deeply blessed to, to be in this position that I am, but, you know, I'm a guy who. I like music and I like movies and I, you know, I probably like a lot of the same things some yeah. of these kids do. I mean, I like comics and I like, you know. So when you're in court and, uh, you, you know, you're trying to, you know, they're talking and you're in your head kind of going through your Rolodex. Um, I'm assuming there's a few go-tos that work pretty good depending on what the situation is. Oh, and yeah. go, oh, yeah, uh, I'm going to light this dude up. <laughs> you, know, or what, you know what I mean? I mean, that's got to be actually kind of fun in a good way. I don't mean it to be manipulative, but... Well, I well, mean, there are things that work. I'm well, assuming. I mean, I, I, and that I, comes with the experience of being on the bench, doesn't part, it? Yeah, oh yeah. Part of it is reputation, and, and I've told kids before, and I'm and I, I like, you know, I will do what I say I'm gonna do, and I'm like, ask around, ask around. I will do what I say I'm gonna do, um, and, and because when you're dealing with kids, sometimes I mean, you have to be firm, and I'm sure that there's ones who think that I'm mean, uh, but it's a matter of you've got to be firm. You know, I am, I, I can't be their friend. I have to be their judge. You know, I am, I can't be their father. I can't be their mom. I'm not their parent. I'm their judge. But even with but my, you will spell out the consequences. Sure. You, they, children, at the end of the day, I think want a semblance of structure. They want to know what the boundaries they are. Have they have to have it. And you have to tell them sometimes. And people learn by doing and, and well, if they, they know they can get away with it, mom, get away with dad, get away with grandma, grandpa, whatever. They know they can't with judge. Oh, so this is what that's like. Yeah. I'm being held accountable. Yeah. How how much of it is male versus female at that age? Is it? I mean, I'm assuming more men. But I guess. I mean, men. but and, and all of a sudden you'll have this explosion of like for a while it was like girl fights at school, girl fights at school, and invariably. I'm like, let me guess, a boy's involved. About yeah. nine out of ten girl fights, there's a guy involved, and I'm like, we're, but it does it does blow that. my mind, and I'm probably old school that they go to the physical stuff first. Why oh, yeah. do they go to that so quickly? It, I, I that I was think, sort of the last thing, you know, as a scrawny dude that I ever I could start him, but I always had somebody a little bigger to help me out. <laughs> but you know, it's it's like it's. I don't know if that happens at home. Do you just start slapping each other around? What is going on? I think that nowadays everybody is trying to show how hard they are, and they've got you, you can't solve a problem by by like going Being hey weak hey or a good listener. Right. I mean like hey let me let's talk about what what our situation is because most of these most of these cases are it's never. One on one, it's always I heard it from someone. Well, so and so said right. you said you were talking. Did you think to find out if that well, was true? Sure, sure. Yeah. you'll love this one. Right Too late. Here. It was already tweeted or yeah. whatever. Well, you'll love this because we were talking about music before we got started. Is that one time here we are in this crowded courtroom and I'm listening to this girl fight story and I go, all right, let me under- make sure I understand. I said, so you heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who heard it from another. Okay, that's, that's multiplied by a hundred right there. <laughs> by messed around and you yeah. see everybody, all the adults in the courtroom are like RSB wagon. <laughs> he went there. <laughs> Thank you. I can't fight this feeling anymore. <laughs> Is that the right tune? I can't remember that. Uh, right. <laughs> Great. Now you got me thinking. Oh, crap. Yeah. We'll come up with it. Yeah. Um, okay. So. Take it on the run. Oh, thank you. God. See, he's better than me, and I'm in radio. How bad is that? <laughs> you do not want me on your bench. <laughs> um, okay. So let's get to some of the good things. Sure. Um, okay. Uh, first time, a little glitch. Um, how long did it take you? Maybe you weren't even a judge yet when you started to kind of 
okay, I, I can kind of see who's going to be here a lot and who isn't. Is it an instinctive thing or is it learned that you? I, I think of, part of it's learned. I mean, you know, you 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 hear things and you think you're trying to get over, uh, and you got the ones who are like you'll never be back, uh, and you have the ones who or that surprise you that do come. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I that yeah. Well, you just blindsided me. Yeah. I gave you a break, and what do you do? Or you got the ones who are struggling in some way, and you can once you start into it, you can start you can start feeling it, and it's and it's a thing when all of a sudden some kid starts breaking down, and you're like, "Tell me what's going on." Yeah. You got to tell me what's going on. How do you not want to just take the robe off and go hug them? That's so, that well. I, there's been there's been many a time um, that I have because it's not it's like God. I hate to see this vital human being. It's just gonna. It's just gonna get better. Sure, I had a kid come up to me. How one do time. you get over that stuff? Well, I mean, it's. I mean, I just like go home and I want to just go in a dark room somewhere. Well, I I go. I home. hate to feel that way, but how do you not? I go home and I hug my wife and my son, and I know that this is why that I'm doing it. And you know, you hear some horrible things. I mean, we had. My court officer and I had a we were in a horrible, horrible case, like abuse kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, it was one where it was a it was a, a child sexual abuse case by a parent, and I, we got off got off the bench, and I, I told my court officer, I said, I'm not going to tell you that I'm not going to go home and cry tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was horrible because I'm mean, just thinking the one, the one person in in your you life trust. who's supposed to protect you is the one who is hurting you. Uh, with no obvious, th- obvious thought. Other How than do you there. not go pick them up and throw them? Oh, my, my court officer's like, he goes, all he had to have done was twitch. He goes, I, I want, he goes, I yeah. sat there and just, just step off the sidewalk yeah. for a He's jaywalk. Like, I just wanted water. him to say something. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So we've talked about the kids and, and, uh, you know, we don't want to think everybody's bad out there. This no, it's just, no, this is the, no. this is the thing we're dealing with when, when they do get in trouble. Now, we've talked about the kids. Now let's talk about the moms and dads <laughs> and the relatives. That's, that kind of is something you can't avoid either when they start interjecting and you're going, well, here's your problem. Well, <laughs> Leave them alone, you know, for one thing. And, and, and the, the one, one thing that we've got to certainly want to talk about is that juvenile court is not just, you know, kids who got in trouble. We deal with juvenile court is um, we deal with custody cases. Juvenile court is we deal with cases where there is abuse and neglect, where the Department of Children's Services is involved in, in in child abuse cases and where we've got parents who are not taking care of their children that the court has to step in and make adjustments. Here's an idea. You know, you have to bathe your kid. You have to keep them clean. You have to keep you them healthy. Fed, you have to feed oh, them. Oh, uh, yeah. You have to feed them. Yeah. Exactly. Man, that is just brutal stuff. And it's sad because every kid deserves better. And, and we as adults and we as parents, I, I just, I look at my son and I think, how how could somebody want to, want, how can you look at your child and want to not want to take care of them? Yeah. Well, let's say it's a divorce case and you got a kid that's in the middle through absolutely no fault of their own and the parents are being idiots. How do you convince that kid that it's not their fault? Because you can tell them all day long. Sure. Uh, I but think they ha- they take the world on to themselves and say, "I would have just done this. Maybe Dad would have loved me more." Oh yeah, I, and, and part of it is that they just have to know and that that there's somebody that's that's listening and that it's not it's not on them and that the, and one would hope that, in despite all the vitriol and all the problems that mom and dad are going to have to look at at some point in time, and I tell divorcing parents all the time. Or people in custody cases, I'm not like, you know, when you talk about the other parent oh in front gosh. of the child, you're telling that child that it, part of them is wrong, is no good. Yeah, I mean, you're, you know, and you're, you're, you are, it took two of you to make this child, and you're now telling them that part of them is not good. And the best thing to tell them is that you are me plus more. You're me plus more, and I'm like when it, when you're talking and saying bad things about dad, then you're telling dad, you're telling kid, it's okay to talk to to not respect people in authority. When you're when you're telling bad your child bad things about mom, you're teaching them how to treat women. You know, or you if you're saying positive things about their mother, then they're going to think positive things about women, mm-hmm. including their mom. If you're telling them bad things about mom, then they're going to look at it because that's well, dad, that's how you treat women, so that's how I treat women. 
So we have parents that uh, neglect for whatever reason, drug problem, they were never taught, whatever. What about the ones that are overparented? I'm assuming, I'm assuming <laughs> you see those. Yeah, that, I'll speak for my son. No, not right now. You won't. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, I mean the the. I mean every now and then you get that's that's always an accusation. Sort of that helicopter parenting, or <laughs> or that they won't let the child do anything, or, yeah. or, or they're, well, they're also out of guilt. I'm sure. <laughs> you know. Well, parent, I'm never there. You know. So when I do, I'm sure. I'm all in, man. Yeah, parenting's <laughs> hard. I mean, that's the thing that in that that no that. They don't teach you that. Sure, you don't know that. I mean, there's no, and I've told kids before, I mean, like your your mom and dad makes mistakes. There's no manual. There's no go-to. There's no nothing. It's just that half the time we're flailing around out there trying to make the best decisions that we can. And parents deserve grace, too, because, I mean, you're, you're going to make mistakes. I mean, Well, when you have a kid that then has kids, you can go, okay, well, I have kids that I, I I'm like, look, I was 10 years younger than you are now making decisions for you. You talk about clueless. I mean, I'm sorry. I was a complete idiot. You just don't know. Sure. I mean, it's just. And there are kids raising kids, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, which is a toughie. Yeah, very much so. And you got, particularly when you got one parent who checks out. Yeah. When, when you have parent who just, they had this child together, kids having kids, and then one parent checks out and you're and thinking, well, I mean, you're, we're already. We're already having problems. We're already right. having problems. So, what are the uh, as we kind of wrap up here? Uh, there are there are things that you use besides just you know throwing somebody in in jail or whatever or to teach them a lesson or whatever that you can use at your disposal. On how do you know where? Hey, let's put them over here. Get them some counseling. Let's do this. Let's do that. How do you know? Part of it is case type. Part of it's just experience. Part of it. I mean, we have a probation department here at juvenile court, so a kid can get, a kid can be placed on probation, and that probation officer can ensure that a child has counseling or is ensuring that they're following court order. One of the things. Uh, we have a program called Teen Court, uh, which is literally teens involved in helping me make decisions. So we send this kid to Teen Court, and their uh, their case is heard in front of a Teen Court jury of their peers. That's kind of empowering for them. Yeah, and it's, it's cool. a really cool thing, and, and I've been blessed to be part of that program from its inception that when Judge Brown started it. Um, and, and that's a really neat thing. And then one thing that we are working on, uh, right now that I had talked about when I was uh, campaigning uh, that I that I really focused on and we actually had a meeting right before our, our uh, is that uh, about a juvenile mental health court to help um, ha- help with kids who have some mental health issues mm-hmm. to ensure that they are getting the treatment that they need to help ensure that the parents are getting the help that they need and then what I would love to do ultimately is have much more of a county juvenile mental health initiative where we're, we're making early identification of stuff so that we don't have problems. Right. Down. Well, at least now there's clearly a, uh, a national discussion that's – and I think it's going to end up being a good thing. Where before, you know, you just didn't talk about that. Right. Well, they don't, you know, they've got a, a, a kid with autism or whatever, and the parents just don't know. Children's mental health issues are, you're exactly right, something that we've not really, we've not really focused a lot on because we t- sometimes either see kids as little adults or we see them as basically babies. And I mean, kids <laughs> or the now, parents that treat them like they're yeah. their bestest buddies. No, they're your child. Exactly. Uh, so don't go party with them. Exactly. Not so. setting a good example, mom and dad. Right. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, like I said, my son is four right now. I mean, you know, you know, he's telling me, daddy, you're my best friend. I can tell him, you know, buddy, you're my best friend. But at the end of the day, I have to be his father. Yep. You know, when uh, and we can have a good relationship, you can have a good relationship with your child, but you have to be the parent. You know, I, I knew that. My, I did not operate on the same socioeconomic level that my parents did. Mm-hmm. They were my parents. It went, you know, and yeah. and as much as I later in life became friends with my parents, I was not. We were not friends right. when I was younger. Yeah. It was my mother. It's a little weird because you know you have a few, and, and it was like, Dad, I was really afraid of you. You were. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I had no idea. I'm like, man, did I like bring the hammer down or what you know and you're like oh well here's a here's a in a nutshell being a parent it's our job 
to screw up your life and ruin you. You know, I mean, I was like, fine, I'll just take the blame for it. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Tell, you know? My wife got to tell our son. Well, Quit you, assuming I knew what I was doing. <clears throat> you can tell your therapist later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can tell, tell your therapist later. Well, Judge, thank you so much for spending the time with us. Oh, you're very great. welcome. And uh, it's, it's, uh, you make it real easy to communicate. And I do, I do think people uh, get intimidated uh, by the black robe sometimes. <laughs> and and uh, it, you've really made it easy to, for people to understand. Well, I, I appreciate that. I just I want everybody to folks to know that I mean I, I take my job very seriously um, and I, I believe in what I do and I my my purpose is to help kids and families it's to help protect our community but it's to help kids and families that's and if you're uh, and that's that, that's what I believe that our juvenile court is about and should be about and, and if there's some way that we can help uh, I would really like to do that well, thanks again. Thank you so much. Uh, that is uh, the Honorable David Howard, uh, Juvenile Court Judge here in Sumner County. We appreciate you taking the time with us, and uh, good job on the REO reference. Very impressive. <laughs> hey, I'm always willing to talk music. <laughs> and that's going to wrap up our show for this week. On Sumner County Spotlight, we'd like to thank our sponsors, FM Bank at myfmbank.com, and also their location in Hendersonville at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard. We will talk to you next week on Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.